Ooh. Hi, folks. You are watching and listening to Sipping Off the Cup on Tequila Aficionado Media on all of our channels and networks. I'm Mike Morales here in the outfit of the San Gabriel Valley in Southern California. That guy out there is Eric Zandona in Florida's Emerald Coast. Ooh, damn. That that just sounds that just sounds decadent. The Emerald It sounds a lot nicer than Crestview. So I okay. <laughs> make it nicer. <laughs> okay. Um, today, Eric and I have the a really distinct pleasure of, of dissecting a brand new startup mezcal. Now, we call it a startup, but it has pedigree, okay? And as we go yeah. along, we'll be able to, we'll tell you the ins and outs. This is called Salvadores Mezcal Artesanal. And uh, I'm so looking forward to this one because it's a karaoke. <laughs> yeah, baby. We did nominate it for Brand of Promise and Packaging. I love they're using agave paper. Mm -hmm. All the information you need is on the back. It's yep. very tactile, clean lines. I'll, you know, what do they say? Elegance, simplicity is, ele is, is the best elegance, something like that. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is really indicative of that. Not yeah. whole, you look at it, not busy, not, not you know, it's not going to scream at you from the, from the shelves, but right. you're going to want to touch it. And if yeah. you touch it, you're going to want it. Okay, so <laughs> I like that. I, I like, I'm very tactile, if you haven't noticed. Uh, so anyway, we're going to pour this in. A, yeah. I'm going to use my Stasso Jarrito for mezcal. Uh, yeah, this was a really tough one. I, I had to take the, the, the wrap off of it off camera. And then I couldn't open the, I couldn't pop the cork. <laughs> it was like really tight on there. Uh, yeah. There, we, you and I have had these samples for what a few weeks now. Yeah, yeah. Um, with, by the time you're watching this, folks, this is only January for us. You may not see this until April. Okay, uh, so we probably got this at the tail end of 2021, uh, after our our after our brands of promise cut off in, in 2021. Uh, but we fell in love with the Espadín, and you know what, this Karwinski just as just as bright and shiny yeah eric mentioned again about the the the, the waxiness we're talking about was that on the on the smell or the or the look because it's not yeah. a body right now you can see no, it i would i was in the last episode about the espadine i think it was more in the aroma you okay. get the um sort of there was this like character to the to the aroma that was hard to pin down it was slightly fatty slightly waxy uh there was just it was a little bit beguiling but really lovely with the rest of the, the aroma profile so i think that's mostly coming out in the, the aroma but th this has like a great clarity to it it's yes. just okay yeah yeah it's it's all you know uh mezcals that are made this is a they're calling it artisanal but it's a this is a higher abv correct yeah this is 48 percent abv or 96 proof 96 proof so it's more more in line with what eric and i have been used to because i keep throwing yeah. eric the kitchen sink and he and i have done so many mezcals and ricias together and you know everything um that's not mainstream uh although we're lucky if we get a really great tequila you know um yeah. but but I, I see the reason I do this with Eric 
is because his palette is so wide that I just let you take the lead and you tell me what I'm what I'm smelling because <laughs> I'll I'll interject, you know. Yeah. But, but there's certain things that he pulls out that I I I have not experienced yet, and so for me, especially with a new brand like this, you know, I want it and I throw it in his direction because I know he'll pull out stuff that yeah. that we'll know why this new startup is so unique, you know, mm-hmm. or if it's just mainstream and kind of falls in line with what we're used to. Right. So now this is a much denser nose. Yeah. That is indicative of the plant itself. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, right off the bat, you get this like really intense, like bright, fresh cut grass. Right. So to me, there's there's a lot of fun stuff going on here. And this is one of the things I love about whether it's mezcal or sometimes with satol, you get the aroma is like evocative of these like moments in time that you've you may have had or just imagined. So to me, I'm just like thinking about like one of those days where you've cut the lawn in the summer. And there's that fresh cut grass aroma. Yep. Just to me, at the same time, there's this like really rich, like sweetness going on, like underneath that bright, like grassy character. And to me, it's just like, I can, all I can think of is like, you took a break while you're mowing your lawn <laughs> and you're like having a, a chocolate bar. Like there's oh. this sweetness under there you know why i'm you know why i'm laughing I'm tired i'm hot yeah i'm i'm laughing in delight and i'll tell you why because well, a lot of people you know eric and i know this and we understand this but many of the aromas and the perf- they do this in the perfume industry they know this already but many aromas that we pull out of here are the only the element that's closely related to memories memory banks uh-huh. is aromas smell yeah. yeah. smells will evoke a memory and and that's what it's designed to do okay that's what smells yeah. do the perfume industry knows this that's why they that's why perfumes exist right yeah. so because because they know it plays on on a on a individual person's memory bank okay and so to hear Eric's description, how many of us have mowed the lawn? It's hot, middle of summer. When I was a kid, I used to mow the lawn here yeah. in the, you know, the, at this house. And you know, with a bad lawnmower and, and there wasn't a, it, the grass wasn't as thick as it is now. I was inhaling dirt and it was middle of summer because you're a kid, right? You don't know any right. right. And, and I understand, I get that memory. I understand it. And yeah. the fact that he's he's relating that to this mezcal is just it's delightful because that's yeah. a descriptor, folks. That's as valid a descriptor as what you read in the in the pages of Wine Spectator. Okay, because right. it it belongs to you. You own that descriptor, just like mm-hmm. Eric owns that memory. So yeah. it's just as valid. Don't think that you're you know because you can't you know. It reminds me of blue cheese and, you know, it's got the aroma of pate and what, you know what, the descriptor that's more valid is the one that you bring up, the one that you understand that evokes a memory. 
and you know, when I learned that, I learned it years ago, I was conducting a, a tequila tasting at my home in Albuquerque when I lived there. And we had a, a series of extra nejos. One gentleman spoke up and he was delighted. The look on his face was so funny. It was like, he was a little kid again. He goes, this reminds me of running through my grandmother's lilac bushes. You know, the aroma he got evoked a memory of him running through lilac yeah. bushes when he was a kid. That yeah. is a valid description. That's yeah. what it's designed to do. So, so I get, I get what you're saying. In my case, what I'm smelling is I'm smelling like a, a savoriness. Mm -hmm. There's a there, you're getting brightness. I'm getting like a savoriness, like a like it's almost like a soup, like a pechuga for me, mm -hmm. almost. Mm -hmm. Now it's now that it's opening up, I'm getting the brightness you are getting, a little bit of the anise, just a touch, not a lot. Yeah. I'm sorry, I had to go there with descriptors because no, no, that's great. I know I think I think that's one thing that's really important too. This is for me, like one of the things that's really fun about drinking spirits, right? Is it like a spirit can bring you back to these memories, right? It can open up that that sense aroma, right? It's not just like, oh, I like the taste and, the, you know, and, you know, and, but it can bring back those fond memories of, of other times. Yes. Or even fond memories of not so pleasant times, like mowing the lawn in the summer heat. Right, right. Yeah, because that was, you know, literally that was unpleasant. Yeah. But, but the fact that, that, you know, that we did it and we have, we have that shared memory in common, okay? Yeah that's that's what unites us with this yeah know? and and that's the beauty of these agave spirits uh, and, yeah. and probably all spirits but i mean for me primarily it's the agave spirits right. that, that, that we deal with mm -hmm. because especially with mezcals because they're so diverse you know mm -hmm. every plant every we talked about this in the previous uh discussion in the previous uh, uh review the hand of the maker the microclimate the altitude, right. everything, you know, how closely the bankers are shaved to the, to the pina, right. all that adds to the final product, which is what we're drinking here. Mm -hmm. And so all of it, the region, all of it makes, yeah. it makes a difference. They're all ingredients. Right. All right. Should we dive in? Yes. Dive in. Let's do it. Cheers. Oh yeah. Okay. This is the first Karwinski that I've had that doesn't have that dense flavor profile. Hmm. It to me it's actually much brighter than I expected. I have yeah. had Karwinskis where they're medleys where they're, you know, where they're blended mm -hmm. with Yeah. This is not, and I'm getting the same kind of um, duality. Okay? Yeah. For me. Yeah, yeah. For me, this this has a lot of the classic hallmarks of a Karwinski. So, it so what makes Karwinskis different, as many of you probably know, is that they they tend to grow vertically, so they're like really tall, and so they have a big stem that's kind of woody. And because of that woody stem, it imparts a lot more like herbaceousness, a lot more fibrousness, things like yes, that, all that sort of stuff. So to me, 
it, this, this flavor has that real kind of classic sort of slight, not woody as in like oak wood, but that kind of vegetal. Right. I call it paper. It's like, it's like a yeah, yeah. Of paper. You know, yeah. uh, you could probably digest agave paper much easier than when you were a kid eating, eating paper, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, like yeah. notebook paper, because that's all. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, um, I noticed also on the palate, there's much more pepperiness. Uh, yeah. It's got a much longer finish. I love this yeah. finish. Nice. That has a really nice warmth that just completely like coats your, your palate. No, yeah. it's like. Whereas the Espadine was really clean, really clear, and had this lightness to it. This has a really long, broad and long finish. Yes. Kind of lingers there. It's, it's slightly warm, but not hot. So it's not astringent. It's not too like overpowering with the alcohol, but it has this really pleasant, like menthol warmth that you get out of it. This is a great fruit. This is medication, man. This is this is medicine. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is um in fact the way you described it reminded me of the pinas. If you look, if you look, folks, if you if you search through Instagram and, and see some of the different growers who are who are harvesting Karwinski, they look like the pinas look like logs. Okay. They look yeah. like wood logs. Or giant yeah. sticks sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and the way you described the whole this whole thing reminded me of the log, you know, the, the pina itself. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm 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 not even getting minimal wood. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. hardly no alcohol on the nose. Um, no. You you can't detect the smoke. If you do, it's going to be on no. your palate because it's all yeah. secondary, tertiary. Um, yeah, it, it's like an afterthought. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I think to me, like the flavor profile really kind of leads with that herbaceousness. And then underneath there's like elements of like lemon zest. There's a slight sweetness there. Yeah. And like on the aroma, I got this sort of like, again, like under the initial like grassiness, this sort of like chocolatey character to it, um, cacao character, uh, but um, so there's a lot going on here and you just sit with it and let it open. And this one, so one thing I have noticed with some mezcals is that the flavor profile I expresses will change a lot with temperature. And so I think that this would be a good example. So like if you put it in a brandy snifter and like just kind of held it in your palm for a while and let it warm up, I'm sure those aromas would really open and you get a lot more interesting stuff going. I, I, again, you know, let's just get into the ins and outs. Uh, while you do, while we do that, um, give the family history, because you seem to, you seem to really give it the, the good Reader's Digest version. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like we said with the Espadín, so Salvador's Mezcal is, uh, was created by a husband and wife team, Salvador and Flor uh, Palacios. And you know, unlike other Mezcal brands where you have some people who are disconnected from the industry, sort of discover it and decide, oh, I want to create a Mezcal brand. Salvador's family has a tradition in Mexico of making Mezcal. His grandfather back in the 1930s, who was a Mezcalero, 
left Mexico for California and his family lived there. And that's common story for lots of people from Mexico. Um, but in around 2005, Salvador and his wife decided to buy some land outside Talacalula, which is in Oaxaca, Mexico. And they're now working with a, a distiller there, uh, Flavio Perez uh, Mendes. Mendes. Yeah. And, uh, and so he's the distiller for them. And they, so their family is sort of reconnecting to the heritage that, uh, that his grandfather had. And so I think that's, again, I've mentioned this before, I think that's one of the fun things, the cool things that we see with Mescal that you don't see with other spirits is that where there's been this long sort of tradition or migration for labor from Mexico to the US, right. Mescal is actually pulling people back to Mexico, to their traditions, to their ancestral villages, so that they can reconnect, reconnect and have an industry to support their family and the families of many other people in, in their, their towns. Well, as far as I'm concerned, Salvadores has succeeded. And, yeah. and folks, this is, this is really, it, it, uh, we have a price point, correct? From, uh, from, from Old Town to Kiev? Yeah, so for, uh, for the cereal, uh, this is uh, retailing for about $100, depending on your region and store, but about $100. So, and you know what is, which is, I would say right in the middle of the price point for this type of, of yes. and, and the quality is there, you know, yeah. you're getting mm -hmm. everything you're getting, you're getting the region, you're getting yeah. the hand of the maker, you're getting yeah. a, a history, a story. And, yeah. and the fact that Karwinski's are, you know, most often it's rare that you see a Karwinski on its own. Most right. of the time they, they are part of a medley or an ensemble. Uh, yeah. that's where I've had them. That's why I said at the beginning, it, it, the brightness that I detected on the first pass on the nose was reminiscent to me of a Karwinski uh, Espadin blend. Okay. Yeah. Or medley. Uh, I call them <clears throat> medleys at, at ensembles to me or three or more plants. Um, that's not what it's called on the label anyway, but, um, but there there was a yeah. brightness that I, I had never detected in a Karwinski. And I've had a few. Yeah. I've had a few at yeah. higher ABVs. This falls right in line, okay? Yeah. It, 100 bucks all day long. Take my money. Yeah. I'm telling well, you. One of the things that, to keep in mind with Karwinskis is one of the reasons why they can be on a little bit more expensive than, say, like an Espadine is because they have that woodiness, there's less sugar per plant per kilo and and they take longer to mature. So from Salvador's, they're saying that their Karwinskis are coming in around 13 years old um, before they're harvested. And then they're not getting as much per kilo as say with an Espadine. So it's a lot more labor, a lot more time, a lot more plants going into this bottle. So that's, you know, it's they're not just charging you more because they can, there's actual a reason behind it. Yeah, there, there's a, it's a very it's much more labor intensive, especially when you're just using that plant, um, and 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 the amount of years you're talking about, I've heard Karwinski's you know as old as thirty years. Yeah, uh, which is yeah. you know I'm sure those are few and far between now because they're so popular, uh, mm -hmm. but they're and by and large, I would say the Karwinski's of their own, you know, whoever's using that. Uh, uh -huh. tend to be that expensive 
Uh, but they're worth every penny because the, the flavor profiles are so good and so different. Um, that hey, Brandon Promise nominee, great category by far. This is a brand to watch. Okay, uh, I know that's a it's like a restart up brand, but uh, you know they got to start from ground zero somewhere. But I love this brand. Um, I'm supposedly, according to their uh, information that we have, I, I'm. I guess they're going to come up with a few more. Um, yeah, according to their website, they have a Tepestate and a Tobola as well. And it looks like a Reposado. So wow. I, I'm, those, that would be we want them. We, we yeah. want all of them. We, we want the whole line when they're ready. I'm going to tell them when I, when I reach out to them again. Uh, they've, been, they've been very nice. They're very yeah. approachable. Uh, they're here in my neck of the woods in Southern California. So um, congratulations to Salvador de Flor. Uh, they, mm -hmm. they just... This yeah. is this is a brand to watch, okay? Yeah. And this is why the brands of promise exist. Why sipping off the cuff exists. This is exciting, Eric. We're one yeah. of the, we're one of the first ones to actually taste something yeah. from these these folks, and I'm really impressed. Like I say, I'm not. I'm surprised at the brightness that I that I experienced off this Karwinski. Because I don't normally get that unless it's an ensemble or a medley, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. mixed with espadín. Because car whiskeys like that at that age are hard to find. They're just hard to find. Yeah. They're not there. They're not all over the place where you can harvest them, you know. Right. Um, and they take so long to grow. Yeah. So, uh, and like Eric, to Eric's point, there's not a lot of sugar, you know, and that comes out of there. So, you know, uh, but the but the flavor. Okay, last thing. What would we do with this? Do we just drink it straight? Do we put it in a cocktail? I would drink it straight, but to your point, I was thinking about you how you described it as sort of medicine. I think this would make like a really great toddy. Like if you're feeling under the weather, mm. right? Pair it with a little bit of hot water, a little bit of honey, maybe a little bit of citrus, you know, like a squeeze of orange, maybe a squeeze of like Meyer lemon something like that. Um, like, again, medicine, right? I mean, obviously not really, right? But it's going to open you up. It's going to just like really kind of, if you got a sore throat, it'll probably have been have a nice soothing effect to it. Um, but I, that, that was like my thought. Um, I wouldn't, again, with the sort of brightness and with the grassiness, I'm sure in the hands of a more experienced bartender, I'm sure they could do something. But I, you know, I would just enjoy it sort of on its own. Um, or um, you could do it with tonic. I could see tonic pairing well with the kind of herbal character because, you know, tonic goes well with gin, right? Gin has right. that botanical intensity. So tonic, if you, if you want uh, a toddy, if you're feeling a little under the weather as <laughs> Omicron <laughs> crisscrosses the country. Wow, yeah. Uh, you, anyway, you know, it won't cure it but maybe you'll feel better <laughs> yeah exactly oh my god what a great what a great brand this is a really a dark horse i'm telling you a yeah. brand of promise nominee yeah. in that category Salvadores, um, go yeah. get it whatever yeah. pay whatever whatever it takes get yourself a bottle you're not gonna not gonna regret it it's a beautiful, beautiful rendition, a great expression of, of what is possible. 
And I and I don't mind, you know what? Supporting people that want to bring bring back a a a craft uh, uh something part of their history. I'm all and legacy. Yeah, wow. and their legacy. Um, help them out. Uh, that's yeah. what I'm gonna tell you. It's worth every penny. That's yeah. our take on Salvadores. I'm Mike Morales here in Southern California. That guy out there is Eric Zandona in Crestview, Florida. You've been watching and listening to Sipping Off the Cuff on Tequila Aficionado Media, all of our channels and networks. If you're watching us on YouTube or Spotify, hey, download the you know, download wherever you're getting your, your podcast. But if you're on YouTube, hit the notification bell, subscribe, you know, unless you're afraid of commitment. Uh, follow, you know, give us a like because that helps on the algorithm. Uh, yeah. And leave us a comment. Tell us what you're doing with it. If you've had it, you know, what you're doing with it. Follow Easy Drinking on his Instagram. You can follow Tequila Aficionado on our Instagram. And whatever you do, tomar sabiamente. Sip wisely.